0: To to Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vai Kumar. I'm here today with Hannah Tester. She is a sustainability advocate, international and TEDx speaker, author and founder of Hannah for Change, an organization dedicated to fighting issues that impact the planet. She excels at partnering with businesses and government to influence them to develop more sustainable practices. Hannah has received numerous awards, including the Teen Earth Day Hero by CNN, the Young Superhero for Earth Award by Captain Planet, the Action for Nature International Young Eco-Hero Award, the Gloria Barron Prize, and many others. Most importantly, Hannah is the author of the book, Taking on the Plastics Crisis. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to Freshly
1: Forever. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You
0: have been doing a lot of work relating to the environment, and I just am super thrilled about whatever you're doing. So... When do you think you started being an environmental activist, Hannah? And as far as memory could tell, what was it that brought about an initiation in this sphere?
1: I definitely grew up loving animals and the planet. And that's definitely something my parents installed in me at a young age to appreciate nature and spend time outdoors. Around the age of 10 was when I first started learning about endangered animal species. And it broke my heart. And eventually, I started my organization, Hannah for Change, to create my own projects, campaigns, and events about the issues that I care about. Around the age of 11, that's when I shifted. I focus more on environmental issues and mainly the issue of plastic pollution. And I haven't stopped since. Um, I'm 18 years old now. So for the past seven years, I've really focused on environmental issues. I mainly talk about plastic pollution and its impact on our oceans and our own health as well.
0: And February 15, 2018 uh, happens to be a very remarkable day and a memorable day for you. What makes it so significant and what from that day is vivid in your memory still?
1: Yeah, so for most people, February 15th is any other ordinary day. But for me, uh, it's very important. Uh, Back in 2017, I declared February 15th as Plastic Pollution Awareness Day in the state of Georgia, which was the first event of Uh its kind. And um, I was 14 years old at the time working with a Republican state senator to declare this day. We had over 90 global organizations that were supporting this effort. And it was seen all across the world, um, this initiative that I started here in Georgia. And now there's young people in other states trying to recreate the day where they live as well. And it was also a great way to inspire other young people to get involved in policy. Um, it was a great introduction for them to see, oh, I don't have to be a voting age to get involved in policy. I don't have to be an adult um, or even a politician. I can do something even now in school. Uh, we're there. So I had a room in the Capitol to educate people about plastic pollution and why we're even having a Plastic Pollution Awareness Day. And so that was a huge success, and I had so much fun doing it, and so many people all across the world were able to learn about plastic pollution, even though it was just declared here in the state of Georgia. And even though it was a huge success, I also faced some challenges. Um, challenges are inevitable, <laughs> but um, unfortunately, the plastic industry wanted to stop my day and stop the work that I was doing. But fortunately, I was able to compromise and still have the day but the crucial thing that I had to sacrifice was speaking on the Senate floor, which was something that I really wanted to do and have that opportunity to address all the decision makers of my home state. And the following year, I recreated the day and I was fortunate to get that opportunity. So February 15th of 2018 was when I got to address all the state senators about plastic pollution and how important it is. To have government action on these issues and specifically on plastic pollution. And that moment is very pivotal for me. And I mentioned this in my TED talk that I was sitting on the side of the room waiting for my turn to speak. And there was another adult speaking before me, and no one was paying any attention to her. And I felt so heartbroken that I worked so hard to get here. And I was so encouraged and so motivated to be here and all that hard work I felt like was going to go to waste that none of these politicians were going to listen to what I had to say but I still you know got up on that podium and spoke about plastic pollution and after a couple of Uh sentences there was silence and every senator had their eyes on me and was listening to what I had to say and that was a very monumental moment for me and it really resonated with me that young people have voices and we are being heard. And it's so important for young people to speak up on these issues, especially because many adults and a lot of these decision makers don't hear from young people enough. They're still, we're still their constituents. We need to talk to our representatives and tell them what we want them to do for us, what bills and legislation we want them to support.
0: Oh yes. Um, Right there. The message is very impactful that young people need not fear or worry about anything. All they need to focus on is their cause. So, what made you take up the cause of this plastic crisis?
1: I was hearing a bit about plastic pollution, but I didn't really know enough about the issue. And uh-huh. I, you know, I if I went out, I would see you know litter on the ground, and I'd pick it up when I could. But I didn't really understand what plastic pollution was or why it was so important. And it wasn't until I watched a documentary called Plastic Paradise, and that documentary Uh is really what opened my eyes to the issue. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. How is nobody talking about this? And this was back when I was 11 years old, so around six, seven years ago, plastic pollution wasn't a very mainstream topic, and most people didn't even know anything about it. We use plastic every day. It surrounds our lives, and there's solutions Uh that are easily accessible and obtainable, if we work for it. So I knew that I had to speak up and educate people on these issues because I felt an immense amount of guilt once I learned about plastic pollution. I started thinking of all the plastic that I've used in my lifetime. And I knew that I had to step up and educate other people too so they can join me in this effort. Because like most people, we don't want to be a part of the problem. We just don't know how to be a part of the solution. So ever since I've made it my mission to educate people on the, these global issues and mainly on plastic pollution, why it's such a big problem in the first place, like why people should care, but also the solutions and how we can get involved and help create a better world.
0: Whatever you have accomplished so far on that front is uh, certainly fascinating and it's inspiring. I know you were in Hawaii and uh, that vacation trip, you probably did something. Yes. You know there was something significant that yeah. happened in that Yeah, trip.
1: I went to Hawaii about 2 years ago and I went with two a couple of my friends and we did a beach cleanup on a beach in Hawaii that actually is closed off from the public so all of the plastic that was on the beach all washed ashore nobody left it there because it's a private beach uh-huh. and there's probably around a total of 15 of us we spent a couple of hours cleaning up the beach and we had around 500 pounds of plastic from This small section of the beach that we cleaned up and it was all kinds of plastic that you can imagine every color, every size, every type of plastic. And there's even sea turtles that were sleeping on the beach that we were cleaning up and that were laying on top of plastic. It was, I think, really eye opening, especially for me, because I talk a lot about plastic pollution and ocean conservation, but I don't live by the ocean. So I don't see it firsthand like a lot of people I do live on the coast. So for me to be there and physically see how much this plastic is having an impact on just this ecosystem here alone, on this one beach, let alone all the coastlines all across the world.
0: So what role do you think this plastic crisis is going
1: to play as far as climate change? Plastic pollution does play a huge role in climate change. Around 99% of plastic is actually made from fossil fuels. So the more single-use plastics that we're consuming and demanding, it's going to have a heavier reliance on the fossil fuel industry um, requiring more fossil fuels uh, to be extracted. So mm-hmm. since climate change has really been on the front of everyone's minds, the fossil fuel industries are starting to shift their agenda from stacking for oil and gas for like energy and ethane, uh, but instead using it for plastics. We use around 5% of, of oil for plastics right now. But by 2050, it's projected to increase to 20%. And we produce over 300 million pounds of plastic every single year, which is crazy mm-hmm. to think about. That's such a large number; I can't even fathom that. But the extraction, production, transportation, incineration—all of those contribute to climate change. They all release greenhouse gases such as methane and carbon dioxide. So we're seeing a large impact. Actually, over all the plastic production that's happening is equal to 200 coal-fired power plants, all the greenhouse gases that we're emitting. So Mm -hmm. there's a huge connection between the two. And I think a lot of times we see them as two very separate issues, but they're very much interlinked and interconnected. And plastic pollution is a huge contributor to climate change. And a lot of people don't even realize it. So I've definitely seen a shift in just the plastic pollution space, all the other activists realizing that we need to talk more about this. A lot of people know a bit about climate change, know a bit about plastic pollution, uh, but they're very much interconnected.
0: Yeah, I mean, all the carbon dioxide emission and such, you know, it's like so detrimental. So if you were to highlight uh, the areas of impact that human beings are perhaps not realizing and whatever is detrimental to one's health, what would those be, Hannah?
1: Definitely, plastic pollution, plastic's impact on human health. We talk a lot about the pollution side of it, like the, after we use it, it ending up in the ocean and impacting animals, but it's also having an impact on humans all across the globe. Every 30 seconds, someone in a developing country dies from a disease caused by plastic pollution and waste. And we are surrounded by plastic and plastic leaches toxins yeah. and chemicals into our bodies. And we don't even realize that it. it's we know that it's having a huge impact on marine life. And we are eating the seafood from the ocean. We are eating around five grams of plastic every week. That's about the size of a credit card. And that's from all the seafood and salt we're eating, as well as just from our drinking water and um, I think beer as well. we have already seen it in our bodies. And even uh, back in December, scientists have said that they found microplastics, like small particles of plastic in human placentas just recently. It's being found in human organs. And it's been linked to things like hormone disruption, endocrine disruptors. Um, It's a possible carcinogenic. And many people don't even realize it. So um, there's also been a shift to talking about the health impacts. Because when you talk about you know, things happening in the ocean and it's far away. People are more disconnected. But this is something happening to all of us as we speak.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you touched upon how plastics leach into what we eat and, you know, all of that. And most people leave plastic water bottles in hot cars mm-hmm. and they don't even realize how detrimental and carcinogenic that can be. Being so young, you know, you realize it, but there are very many adults Mm. out there that do not realize that. And I think the shift to sustainable products is uh, highly Mm. significant and important. You touched upon uh, impact on pregnant women and fetuses. Mm. And that's also, you know, something uh, really eye-opening there, Hannah, because Most people don't realize, you know, what we consume, Mm -hmm. you know, like goes all the way and it's just so hard to even fathom, but uh, that's all, you know, Mm -hmm. so, so relevant, whatever you're doing. I know there was a bill in U.S. Congress that was introduced in 2020 and you were instrumental in voicing your opinion on that along with other activists.
1: Yeah. So the National Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act was introduced February of last year, just before all the COVID is the very first national bill that is talking about plastic pollution, um, which is a great first step. It's very uh, long overdue, um, but it's a great mm-hmm. first step. And actually there there's a second part of the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act coming out later this year. Um, so definitely keep a lookout for that. But um, what the bill, at least last year's version was, is, um, as a quick summary, what it would do is it would ban certain types of single-use plastic products, like takeout bags. Um, but it would also, the main part of it would require the producers of these plastics, uh, to be more responsible for after-consumer use, uh, like putting more money into the waste management of it or having, um, uh-huh. places to return, like in other states where you can put in, like, um, bring back, like, plastic water bottles and get, like, a, some fence back. Um, So having initiatives like that just to encourage less of this plastic waste ending up in our landfills and overfilling them or ending up in our waterways and into our oceans.
0: It's great that people uh, so young uh, like you are taking to such initiatives. At the barest minimum, what is it that you would tell people? to kind of stop doing, you know, in terms of how they can switch to sustainable mm-hmm. products and, you know, what they should avoid. You touched upon, you know, reusable, mm-hmm. uh, the need to eradicate plastic mm-hmm. bags and things like that.
1: To start off, the easiest thing to do is to stop using single-use plastics as much as possible. Um, sometimes, you know, we don't even realize certain things are single-use plastics, so sometimes you just have to reflect sometimes and think about, more often throughout your day, like, oh, this is plastic, and this is plastic, and think about ways that you can switch them out. Oftentimes, we talk about plastic bags, or straws, or plastic bottles, those are great ways, great things to start off um, switching with reusable items, but there's also things that we don't realize, like polyester in our clothing, Um, so something as simple as not buying polyester clothing, or buying foods in bulk, or plastic-free, if possible, and checking your cosmetics to have less packaging and uh, plastic exfoliants in them that we wash down the drain. Mm-hmm. But spreading knowledge within our own network, and then they can do it within their network. Uh, just spreading the word as much as possible so that more and more people can get involved.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, fantastic message there, Hannah. I think bringing one's own shopping bag to the grocery store um, And then refilling their water bottles uh, using, you know, like a glass or stainless steel, whatever that may be. I think those are all great steps and eliminating the plastic straws. I think right Mm -hmm. there, those three things can make for a huge change and something that's simple and easy for any human being to uh, adopt in their daily lifestyle. That's fantastic. Um, How has whatever you advocate for impacted how... You um, eat and how you have tweaked your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I know we started talking about your veganism Mm -hmm.
1: and uh... going on a vegan lifestyle or just consuming less animal products, how much of an impact that has on our environment. And through my work through plastic pollution, I've learned a lot about, you know, seafood and the plastics that we're eating through the seafood we're eating um, and some of the chemicals and things like mercury uh, that we're eating Mm -hmm. a lot of through our seafood. So I always encourage people to just reduce the amount of animal products they're eating and try more vegan foods. Um, You don't have to go fully vegan. That was just the journey that I ended up taking. Um, But I always encourage people to at least take that step uh, and get out of your comfort zone a little bit um, and really see the enjoyment of eating a lot more plant-based foods.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, I'm pescatarian. And so, Mm. you know, I'm not eating core meat as Mm. much. Uh, But like you said, there's so much in the fish, and mm-hmm. you know, like you brought up a great point. <laughs> Back in a moment with our guest on Fresh Leaf Forever. Uh, people don't realize even using the microwave and using plastics no. in them. How it impacts their health. So, just
1: like going back to the health implications, when you like heat up or cool uh, plastics, that's when it starts leaching toxins into uh-huh. whatever it's in. Um, so that's why, like, if you have plastic containers and you put um, certain dishes in it, they'll stain that color um, because plastic is kind of porous. It'll um, leach stuff in, but it also takes stuff in. So that's how they get that like tainted color. Um, so some of the biggest no-no's is like microwaving any plastic because that's when it releases the most. Um, so, such as like, you know, having a water bottle in a car. Um, but even things as like freezing stuff in plastic, um, also has similar implications as well. So whenever possible, try and, uh, never microwave plastic wherever possible. And instead of having like plastic containers or, uh, plastic bowls or dishes, um, or plates that you microwave, instead use ceramics or use glass containers instead.
0: That's a good message. I think uh, you have spoken on my behalf too right there and Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for doing that. So what is your plan going forward and where do you see yourself in the next
1: three to five years? I want to pursue environmental studies um, and sustainability and mainly with a focus on like legislation and policy. Um, So Uh that's what I want to pursue. I want to continue the work that I do and still do A lot of like public speaking and campaigning um, and different events, but career-wise, I still want to do the stuff that I do today. Um, So I do want to go to school for environmental studies um, and hopefully get a career um, either working for nonprofits that are focused on influencing policy or working for a government agency like the EPA um, or even working for a sustainability consultancy. So definitely... The work that I do today has definitely had an impact on what I want to do with my, my
0: future. I think you're well positioned and you're w- way ahead on the road to that. How can we get the next generation to care for our oceans? And how can people become ocean literate and understand the human connection? I know you have done something on that.
1: Yeah, our, our oceans are in crisis, but many people don't know how to get involved or don't understand the issues that are happening. Like, for instance, plastic pollution, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fish by weight in 2050. I talked about like cleanups and having your own personal footprint, reducing plastic pollution has a huge impact. You said 2050? Yeah, 2050. By 2050, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fish by weight. I was able to play a role in developing a school curriculum about ocean conservation Um, and that's with uh, the group Students Rebuild and Global Nomads as part of their Ocean Challenge. We developed a curriculum for all age schools. There's two versions, one for a younger age group and one for an older age group to talk about ocean conservation and develop a campaign for them to start on helping to protect our oceans, like plastic pollution. That's a huge issue for oceans, but even uh, issues like climate change, coral reef um, bleaching, obviously sea level rise and the ocean acidification that we're seeing. If our oceans die, we die too. So it's so important that especially young people learn about these issues and their solutions because by the time we're old enough to be in positions of power and make the decisions to protect our planet and our oceans, it's going to be too late. So that's why it's so crucial for young people to learn about these issues now and speak up on them now so that we can inspire more policy and legislation or initiatives to be done to help better protect our ocean.
0: Fantastic. Can you give us a answer on how you felt when you got that call from this renowned publishing house when you wrote your
1: book? I think I was just so in awe because I never envisioned writing a book, uh, maybe like down the line. And even though I talk about, you know, youth activism uh-huh. and not waiting until you're older, I think I even predetermined that I, you know, I wouldn't do that. I can't. I can't do that as a young person. So I think even for me, that was something that was was a learning moment for me. I was like, wow, I really can do something at any age. Uh, Like I wrote the book uh, when I was 17 and I published it right before my 18th birthday. Um, So it was truly incredible. It was a lot of fun to write. Um, But yeah, that that moment I think was very pivotal for me and even just a self-reflecting moment as well.
0: Awesome. And it's part of a series of pocketbook collections, correct?
1: Mm -hmm yes so it's part of a series called the pocket change collective and it's different activists uh, talking about the different issues that they're focused on and they're passionate about
0: and taking on the plastics is available on amazon.com and uh, is it also available as an ebook
1: it is it's available as an ebook as well as an audio book Um, i did actually do the recording (laughs) of me reading the audio book so if you'd like to you can hear me uh, read my book Um, but yeah it is available everywhere um but the best place is to find it online um and see if your local places have it as well
0: okay i think i would strongly encourage every listener here to support that uh because those uh marginalized students would also get to benefit from the donation efforts and uh, what is your message to the community youth children in particular on goal setting and accomplishment or as to how you go about it and what is your message in general to the society
1: there's a great quote that I love from Robert Swan and he says, the greatest threat to our planet is the belief that somebody else will save it. Uh-huh. And I think that's so important because I think a lot of times we think that we're not important enough. we Our voices are not valid enough to make an impact, but we all play a key role in everything. Um, but for such huge issues like this, it's going to take all of us coming together collectively and, Something, a quote that I love is that the weight of the world is not as heavy if we all lift it together. It's going to really take all of us doing our part. I mean, not taking plastic bags from the store and, you know, helping with legislation and influencing businesses, but every little bit does count and it does make an impact. Um, it's going to take all of us. So it's so important for you to get involved and learn more and ask yourself, like, what can I do? And then do it. Um, don't let yourself limit the work that you can do.
0: Excellent. I think you have inspired me to do more. And thank you so much, Hannah, for being on the show. And I thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with you. And as a takeaway from this program, I definitely would like for people, one, to feel inspired and do more for society and for the causes that impact society. And like you said, not wait for others to do it wish you the very best in your future endeavors and we'll constantly keep checking back with you thanks so much for coming thank you so
1: much yeah thank you so much for having me i thoroughly enjoyed this
0: conversation to listeners thanks so much for tuning in week after week follow me on instagram at ypkomar. i will see you back again with yet another guest and yet another interesting topic until then it's why saying so long